Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome friends to the newest edition of Seahawkers What If, the most unique Seahawks preview show in the multiverse. I am your host, Clinton Bonner, and I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. And of course, folks, you probably know this by now, but maybe you don't. It would not be Seahawkers What If we could not traverse the multiverse of possibilities without the protector, Mr. Phil Lydic. Mr. Phil, you're back from a lovely family vacation. You were out and about with with trails and, and tribulations in many ways that, that your days could have went. How was how was your time away? It was fantastic. Got to go over to my parents uh, where they're just about to move from in Kalispell. We had a, a nice visit with someone that most listeners know. I'm sure they do. Uh, Brandon Schultz and I got to go have some pizza pie together and... It's a good time. It's a good time. The pizza was good. You should definitely take Phil to pizza if you if anyone listening ever gets an opportunity, because I'm I'm 100 getting one extra free pizza while going to get pizza with Phil. Yeah, so you're one for one. It's guaranteed to happen every time. <laughs> Wonderful. That's how, that's how gambling works, right? If I yes, win absolutely. once, I'm yeah. definitely going to win next time. But every time it'll happen. My wife likes that. You just slightly mince in the gluten-free, and then what they're going to do is they're going to mess it up, and I'll end up in the hospital if I uh, get messed up. So they're like, oh, we feel so bad. And then she gets a free meal, and they bring it up. No, we don't really try that, but <laughs> it, it does happen from time to time. Yes. Well, hopefully you don't end up in the hospital. And and folks, we are we you know, team here. We are entering week one, and we don't want to be in the hospital. We don't want to be in the no. mental hospital. We don't want to be in the mental institution. However, Russ... He's coming to town. He's coming to town early. He's wearing the orange. It's Monday night football. <laughs> Brandon, how are the emotions before we get into the multiverse? How are the emotions now that we're recording this on Wednesday evening-ish? How are you settling into the fact that we got to play Russell Wilson really soon? Yeah, I, I felt more okay with it once the Russell Wilson contract news came out. And then it just seemed like, okay, well, Russ got what he wanted. And we're moving on toward the future. And so I, I think that really set a, a dividing line for me for the for the Russell Wilson era for the Seahawks, this new era going forward. And uh, not only is orange coming to town, but we're going to be wearing action green. I wish I wish the Broncos were wearing their bright orange and then the Seahawks oh, and the action green. That would, have been, <laughs> that would have been television amazement. Yeah, that would have been something. That would have been. Yeah, I, I agree. And before we before we do dive into this week's what if. Folks, uh, you know, out there, please uh, hit hit the. We're we're on YouTube quite a bit, so of course, wherever you get the podcast, subscribe. So any of the audio platforms, and that's that's fantastic. We love that. Brandon's sending me the numbers. I mean, hey, they they are up, up, up. So people are digging the content. And we love it. In addition to that, we are approaching very, very close to two thousand subscribers out on YouTube, and we want to march there. We want to get there by kickoff. So if you're digging the content, head out to youtube.com slash Seahawkers podcast, 
hit the subscribe, hit the bell, and then you know when we're going live. So, hey, the audiences are getting fired up. L- listen, we've talked about this, guys. It might be a down year in terms of record. We'll see. But, you know, what if, right? We'll see. However, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be an interesting year. And yes. I am fired up to talk about week one. Mr. Phil, take it away. What are you serving up for us this week? Thanks, Clinton. We will win it interesting. We will win it interesting, no matter what. You see the new articles coming out. There's all kinds of interesting things happen. I keep thinking I'm ready for this game, and the orange keeps smacking me and punching me in the face. Pulled up the depth charts for this uh, preparation game. Isn't it annoying when you pull up the depth chart to that puke orange color, and at the top of the depth chart, you see a name that you just don't want to see there? I didn't enjoy that either. But uh, anyways... This is the first regular season episode of What If. We've been having the preseason episodes. And for episode 28, the theme for this week, we always try to have a theme. We've been successful at doing it. The theme for this week of the What If pod was pretty obvious. It was pretty obvious thanks to the always, always hilarious and amazingly self-assured Montana Seahawker Adam Emmert as he discovered the Let's Ride curse and uh, pretty obvious that we expect it to take place because when Adam is sure, you know, it's going to happen or he definitely does. And so when we jump in there, we can count on what Adam knows as being how it's going to go. Isn't that right, Brandon? Well, yeah, we've documented this. The let's ride curse has already hit multiple yes. times for the so, Broncos throughout the season. So it's already happened. It's happening. And now yeah. it just has to happen on game day. So thanks to the knowledge sent our way by the prophet, Adam Emmert. Easy for the theme. Here it is. You can guess. What if they're cursed? What if they're cursed? There's a bunch of curses we could have gone with. I'm one that doesn't curse. I don't like to task curse. I, I don't curse either. But uh, we, I don't mind to watch when an ugly orange team happens to be cursed. And so I could have gone with um, curse the day. Didn't. The tinker's curse. That's kind of a, a phrase that's gone and nobody knows what it is anymore. Uh, you've heard this phrase maybe. Curses like chickens come home to roost or curse the day of one's birth. That happens, Um, you know, the day of one's birth. Mine's coming up here this weekend, so I don't want it to be cursed for me. I'd rather the curse go the other way. Mm -hmm. Pirate curses are curses. Could have done that. You might have expected it. But here are the categories. Blessing and a curse. The commentator's curse and curse the darkness. And we might check and see if you guys know how to do that. We'll get to that one in the third section, but we start off Clinton is first. This is episode 28 for us. Blessing and a curse. What if the formerly cursed Penny can now be the blessed Penny in Mr. Shane Waldron's pocket? Mm. What will that do for this offense against the donkeys? If the one, the Penny that was cursed has flipped to the other side and now he's a great blessing. What do you think that's going to make the offense look like for us, Clinton? Uh, well, it's very fitting that I, the biggest Rashad Penny supporter on this podcast for years and years and years, get to answer this first. So I appreciate that, Mr. Phil. Thank you for saying that up. It's it's righteous. So to answer the question, I believe what it does for us, and this might be a season-long thing, but trying to focus on week one, it very much makes that spread that we were talking about before we got on of that we're getting six and a half. I'm not going to talk about like the spread as, as a meaningful thing, but it keeps us in the game is what is what it boils down to. If Penny can be 
80%, 90%, which would still be phenomenal of what he was down the stretch versus a pretty good Broncos defense. I don't think great run defense, but pretty good. Um, we will keep the Broncos off the field longer than, than they intend to be on the field. So the same exact way that last year, um, we'd have so many times where not, not just three and outs, but sluggish offense and just not, not getting going and a terrible amount of punts for sure, but also running a few amount of plays. Like Seattle was cursed last year with running so few plays. If Penny's successful, then we're gaining first downs, we're running more plays. And then the antithesis is the curse is on Russ because he's back in the same exact saddle running really few plays, which means we are down to the wire if Penny is the star in this game. I love it. I love it. How about you, Brandon? What if Rashad is officially no longer cursed and now he has nothing but a blessing for your Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, the only thing that I'll add to what Clinton said, because he's spot on, it's going to allow the Seahawks to control time of possession. But the the other part, the other component to that that's going to be clearly evident is the strength of the defense and the Seahawks corners, because the the blessedness of having the penny it's going to put the pressure on them because if they can't hold up to the Russell Wilson passing attack, if Al Woods and company up front can't stop the run for the Broncos, then it's just going to be, it's not going to matter that Penny's the blessing because it's just going to be trading scores. And if they're trading possessions, we'll see. We will see. We will see. Hopefully the luck has flipped on that coin. All right. Next question under blessing and a curse this time, Brandon gets to go first. There's been a little discussion on that regarding this on the Seahawkers pod. It was kind of uh, pointed toward, and I thought maybe we'd dig down a little bit from your end. What if firing Fangio is both a blessing and a curse for the donkeys? How might that play out in this game? Because not only are we have a new look Seattle team, there's definitely a, a new look Bronco team in a number of ways. Fangio's out. And if it's a blessing and a curse for you, you can take either side of that or both. How might that play out uh, from the donkeys? What do you think, Brandon? Well, the blessing would be the fact that without losing Fangio, they wouldn't have made the trade for Russell Wilson. I don't think I, I think That'd that a big blessing. Yeah. I, I don't think Russ would have gone to a def, another defensive minded head coach in Denver. He would have, he would have looked elsewhere. So the fact that they had an offensive coach, uh, a blessing for them and in, in making the trade happen. Now the curse side of that, I don't know if the Broncos defense is going to be as good in past years by making the shift to, uh, well, as we said on the, on the Seahawkers podcast, this week, the defensive coordinator that shall rename nameless because we don't know his name. <laughs> right. How about you, Clinton? Did you look up? Did you discover deep in the bowels of the internet the name of this new defensive coordinator who's backing up an offensive coach? Or what, what do you got on the blessing and the curse of the Fangio departure? Yeah, I just know the guy's name is close to Ichiro. That 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 much I know from from uh, from Adam's video. And <laughs> yes. he came from the and he came from from the from the Rams. Ichiro so, is now coaching the Denver defense. Yes. 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 He'd probably do a good job because the guy's just masterful anyway. Um, so I'm going to stick to the side that is a curse for the Broncos, I think, or a blessing for the Seahawks. Uh, cause that's the other side of the coin here. I look at that and the piece that comes up for me is I don't know that Denver's defensive line from a like getting pressure 
Um, I don't think they were masterful at it last year. I don't think Bradley Chubb is, he, he didn't have a good year last year. I think he was pretty down last year, in fact. So I think their ability to get consistent pressure is already kind of suspect. So now you take away Fangio, who is this, you know, lauded def- defensive mastermind who schemes things up and creates, creates opportunities, even if the talent is okay. He's able to get and, you know, manufacture pressure because of schemeology. Um, that might not be there. We, we don't know what's going to be there with each row. You know, we just, we just don't know, but it might, it might be decidedly less effective. And if that's the case, just playing that through for a second, that means that Geno Smith has time. And, you know, with our new offensive line, if Geno has more time than Russ does, if Russ has got to do more scribble plays and Geno could stay on script, once again, I like our chances to hang in this game. So that's what it comes down to, man. So not only have Ichiro, Ichiro can hit. So maybe the Broncos are hit. I don't know about that. But Ichiro uh, could do anything he wants to do. He's he's amazing. They haven't replaced Harris. I mean, they got there's a bunch of question marks on their defense for sure. And then a brand new coach. Hopefully, the the bummer is we don't really know what we're looking at or what to prepare for on the defense. But then uh, also the bummer is, is he's got to make a bunch of rookie mistakes and and calling up a defense. So, all right, that's it for blessing and a curse. We're going to move on to commentators' curse. Commentator's curse was kind of tough to bypass given the options that we have uh, here with this game. We're going to start with Clinton, who I know I already disagree with, but that's just fine. Uh, we're going to get his take. We're going to get his take on it. What if we get to pick between Manning Cast and Aikman Buck? And oh. if you have both <laughs> channels, you do. Not everybody does, but let's say you do. You get a pick between Manning Cast and Aikman Buck. Which are you picking? And Clinton, why is it Manning cast? <laughs> um, so it's not. And the reason <laughs> and the and the reason is not because the Mannings are not good at what they do. They are. Um, it is very entertaining. And for me, it is no way to watch a game of football. Like it's it's cool. You know, it's like watching Kyle Brandt talk about football and on, you know, Good Morning Football or, or his new show, Kyle Brandt's Basement. It's fun, it's entertaining. I can't, it's like, I can't do both. You know, it's like, I can't like concentrate on the, on the, the pop culture reference and dig into the play and be like, Oh, how did Charles Cross do, you know, on that, uh, on that stunt or something like that as an example. Right. Um, so if it was a different game, if it's like next week, I think there's a Thursday night, like Steelers Browns, I realized it would not be a Manning cast, but just, you know, play, play along. When yeah, it's not your team. It's not my team. Yeah. But it's not my team. Man, the Manning cast is a lot of fun or a game. I really don't care about, and it needs the boost Manning cast all day. I need to be locked in. And if that means the volume's fairly low because Troy Aikman does not add a lot. Yeah. Wait, is Aikman still there? Is he gone? Is it Aikman? No, they're out? back together. They hired them both. They hired Wait a them both. second. I, I was yeah. convinced that Aikman was out. Okay. Ugh. Okay. Um, to me, Aikman is one of the lesser of the color commentators in the NFL. I don't think he adds a lot. I don't think he's able to really move on the fly and really dissect things that uh, others who are way better, Collinsworth, uh, you know, Romo and many others. Um, and Buck is fine, actually, for me. I just don't get much out of Aikman. So I'll go volume very low. I'll be on the Discord. I'll be on Twitter. And I'll yes. be watching with my eyes and my heart. How about you? What What do you think about Buck? I mean, he's good in baseball. But uh, Brandon, how about you? Manning cast, 
Aikman buck, or are you just going to turn the volume off and, and ha- you have another path? Yeah, like, to- like Clinton said, Manning cast uh, is, is difficult to tune out because it's engaging. Yes. And that's why when I watch a game, I, I really, I hear people complaining about announcers on, on so many different games. And I rarely am really listening to what they say on any given play. I'm, I'm more dialed into what I'm, what's what I'm seeing. And so I don't, I'm not really paying attention too much to the commentary throughout the game. And, and that's why it's, yeah, it's, it's there, it's background. And to me, that's, it's more of uh, yeah, it's easier to tune out and focus in on, on what I want to focus on when I'm listening to, to Buck. Yeah, it's perfect because Buck and Aikman are so boring that you don't have to listen to them. You can dial into the I do I can, I can hear enough of, of what I need to, to get it and then I can yeah. tune the rest out is is basically where I'm at. I notice in the discord people really do pay attention to the things the commentators are saying more than I do. Apparently they hmm. things stick out to a lot of folks. Yeah, but uh, OK, commentators curse. You guys know what that is, of course, right? Like when Jason Myers walks onto the field and the commentators say, Jason Myers has hit 25 straight field goals. (laughs) Yes. Say, oh, no, please don't bring that up. Or he's in the seventh inning and he's yet to give up one of those things that he doesn't want to give up. And so we're watching to see the next one at bat. Yes. Okay. The next commentator curse question, although it's not really about the curse, but we're talking about curses and commentators. Brandon, what if the broadcast just happens to talk about Russell Wilson a little bit? How can we best appreciate some of the material rather than feel like they're just pouring salt in wounds over and over and over? Uh, it doesn't turn into just a painful experience. How can we just kind of appreciate what they want to say about Russell Wilson? Is it possible? Do you have some help for us Seahawks fans that are going to listen to them? Maybe a smidge mention the guy's name during this game. What do you got, Brandon? Well, we have to expect that they're going to bring up all of the most positive components of Russell Wilson and his time with the Seahawks. So it ties in perfectly with the Let's Ride curse and the announcer's curse. We just hope that those two curses don't counteract each other to where ah, the, yes. the positive uh, counteracts the negative. And and then we get into this weird situation where it's I, I think the Let's Ride curse is too powerful, though. That uh, it, would, it would overwhelm it. And and so I think or or emphasize it to where they would say, oh, yeah, Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter. Like Russell Wilson comes out in the fourth quarter and the announcers bring up how Russell Wilson is, you know, top X of active players in the league at fourth quarter game winning drives. Yes, I want to hear that. Again. I want to hear that. And then. He throws a pick six to Quandre Diggs to seal the game. Seahawks win. Woo! There we go. That's how we have some fun. And then anytime 43-8 happens, I mean, I'm going to dance around a little bit. Every time. We need to have 43 snacks of something and eight drinks of something. Maybe. I don't know. Hey, Clinton, how do we uh, appreciate some of the material rather than feel like they're just dumping in salt when they talk about Wilson during this broadcast? Yeah, I'm going to take a decidedly different different angle here, though I love, love the ending that you painted there, Brandon. So sign me up uh, in a, very much. And 43 Snacks, uh, Mr. Phil, sign me up. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by the variety. Um, yes. With that, I want to remind myself and I want, I would love the Seahawks fans out there to remind themselves like as they're talking about this guy glowingly, cause they will, and they're going to, you know, he's one of the faces of the NFL 
and all these things. And as they talk about him glowingly, just remind yourself that he was the one who caused the divide. He was the catalyst. He left. His team planted the seeds. His team leaked information. He's the one who got upset that they ran the ball most of the time in the second half game versus the Atlanta Falcons in 2019 to diminish his chances at an MVP. Okay. Like, you know, we all protected Russ because he was ours and rightfully so, right? He does amazing things in the community. He, He is and will always be a champion. 10 amazing years. It's all there. That's all true. And with that, there was, it was a lot of it was a veneer. And I could sit there and remind myself and say, Hey, in front of the cameras, he wanted to portray an image behind the scenes. He wanted to enact what he wanted. He wanted out of this. So as they talk about his greatness and all that, I could remind myself, you know what? Underneath it all, he's a bit of a snake. And at the end of it, um, we'll see how that works out for him. So go read Brady Henderson's article on ESPN and just enhance, strengthen your bitterness and you'll feel more. (laughs) And that way, when they speak glowingly about him, you'll just disagree. And everything you defended him about before, you'll just say, I don't think so. This this guy is a rascal for sure. Okay. I guess that's how we could appreciate. Appreciate that he's gone. That's how we appreciate it. Yeah, you can. Okay. Third category, curse the darkness. Do you, this is a, a famous statement. Do either of you know how to curse the darkness? I do not. I don't think so either. You didn't know this one. No. It's an old saying. You curse the darkness by not lighting a candle. Interesting. Gotcha. So you, you leave it in its state by not shining your light, I suppose, is the way that you look at it. But curse the darkness. Curse the darkness. Question one under this for Clinton. What if Russ gets lit up so much? That he falls on black days, right? <laughs> a dark day for Russ. Who will be the most responsible? You can go any direction in the world here. But if he falls on black days, he just gets lit up. Not saying there's 25 sacks. I'm saying he's just getting popped and smacked and maybe a few sacks. I'll take that too. But he gets lit up. He has a dark day in the pocket. Who will be most responsible? Clinton. This is a great question. Um, my mind's going to many different areas where, where it could happen, right? Which is the, the fun of what if. Okay. Now, everything's a system, right? Like literally yeah. everything is a system. So none of this happens in isolation or without purpose or intent of another player doing something else. However, what's coming up for me is his inability to work downfield because of, because of Tariq Woolen. Which, which I know rookie and he might get exposed. Absolutely. He, he may get exposed. If Russ can't stretch the ball deep down the field as the main thing he wants to do, I believe we're going to put pretty good pressure on Russ. I believe Clint's hurt and team have been saving up, obviously their schemes of what they want to do, what they want to unleash and what better time to unleash it than this game. Russ is still going to get his. And if he can't get the deep shots, can't get the kill shots, um, and maybe gets picked off down, down the field or just some, just some, you know, passes PBUs by Tariq Woolen, he's not getting that connection with Sutton or Judy, probably Sutton. Um, it's going to, I think it's going to throw him into a bit of a scramble and it will again give us that chance that we could win this game down the, uh, you know, the finale there. So, so that's it for me, man. It's like, it comes down to if Tariq is on Sutton, which I think he might be. Um, can he really do 
you know, really step up and be, be the kind of star of the game and, and, and cause Russ, Russ some fits. It's going to be whatever side Sutton goes to, right? I mean, we're pretty sure, sure that with a rookie, he's going to stay on, uh, Tariq's going to stay on the right. I can't imagine Pete sliding him around, but right. So you're saying good coverage is what's going to get him because Russ isn't going to, we know he's not going to take the dump off. So does that mean you're ultimately going to blame Russ? That's where I'm going. I, I was, my answer is Russell Wilson's own ego. And that's if he's not, if he's not willing to accept some of those dump offs, if they're keeping him away from running the football for and scrambling for some of those first downs, if he's not checking it down to Javante Williams to to try and pick up those short yardage completions or dumping it off to his tight end over the middle to try and get some of those easy yards. If he's looking to make the big plays throughout the game, that could be what does him in. And I would point to Russ's own ego as, as being that factor. Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping that Adams or I'm hoping that some Seahawks have something to say about it, but really yeah. if he's getting lit up, it, it, I think there's a great chance it's his own fault. Next question on curse the darkness. This one will be for Brandon, a little longer question, but uh, what if some Seahawk players have let us down as the sun darkens on Monday night? Who are you most concerned about letting that happen? leaving many fans to curse in the dark. I mean, I've walked back to my car from the stadium a few times with the sounds of cursings, uh, leaving many fans to curse in the dark as they leave or switch off their TV sets. Who are you most concerned about letting us down as the night fades into dark, Brandon? Well, it would be our own starting quarterback, Geno Smith, because oh, okay. if, if we if we just aren't able to convert those third downs you know the the running game just doesn't get the team into manageable situations in third downs and we're counting on Gino to pick up third and longs throughout the day I, I think it's going to make for a long day with the Broncos pass rush I, I think that is where we could ultimately struggle so it's something that we didn't see in the preseason we didn't see a whole lot of drives that resulted in points for the Seahawks offense now now we're going to have DK back on the field, though. Now we're going to have Tyler on the field. But if if they just aren't picking up those necessary yards, I mean, you could probably point to some other positions on the team. But I think where most fans are going to go is right at Geno Smith. How about you, Clinton? Who are you most concerned about letting us down? So the top, top concern is is simply that we've got some we've got rookies playing cornerback. Right. So, but, and with that, if they mess up, I can't be mad at them. It's their first game in the NFL. So if, if Tariq Willen does get burnt or if, or if Cody, uh, if uh, Kobe Bryant is, you know, if he is the, the starting slot and he's getting worked a little bit, um, okay. I, it's, I expect those lumps. And so that's, so that's why, like, it's obvious, but I won't go there. Same way for for the the outside, of, yeah, the rookie tackles. The, yeah, the outside I, my tackles. mind was going there too, and I I had the but same it's, it's thought. I, same I can't thing. blame like, them. No, I can't. I want I want to see them succeed, but I won't be I won't be like holy crap cursing them. It's like okay, they've, they've got to learn. So by deduction, um, it's the interior of the offensive line, right? That's where our veteran presence is. So if Gabe Jackson and if 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 it's you know if Lewis is going to play, I'm not sure if it's Beefy Boy. Blythe obviously has got years of experience. If they're not sound and 
Denver's getting up the gut pressure, which is going to be bad news for Gino, right? He's that's yeah. not, that's not going to suit, doesn't suit many quarterbacks, doesn't suit any quarterback well. And then there's grades of how they handle that kind of pressure. Um, I don't think Gino will do very well with that. That will be like the most disappointing because they should be kind of the most steadfast with the, with their experience. So that's the one, man. If, if we, and if we lose this game, you know, 21, 10, 24, 13, and we really couldn't get going because it's just pressure pouring through the middle. I'm going to be uh, talking a lot about that on, on a certain other show for sure. I'm a little concerned if there's not pressure in the middle that uh, Brandon's still right and Gino doesn't step into the pocket there because there's a couple times he's backing up for no reason. Yeah. Makes me crazy when they hold the pocket in front. I think he's been pretty good about that though. And like okay. one one of the, you know, I think throughout the preseason, he's been pretty good. And then in his games last year, um, obviously the Jacksonville yes. game was the better one. He did it quite a bit. And people point to the to the New Orleans game. And yes, New Orleans has a much better defense than Jaguars. Also, we barely threw the ball. I feel like again in that harkening back to that game. I remember, I remember being like, why don't we just unleash him a little bit? Try. And, you know, we were so, so conservative during that, that whole New Orleans game. Um, and the, the other part too, real quickly is, and some of the ones that were in the preseason, that one sack he took in the uh, Cowboys game, it kind of was found out later that it was actually, um, it was Derek Young who was supposed to sit down in the pocket. Now, on that particular play. So Gino's looking for his guy to sit down. He does it. Now, could have Gino done one or two other things? Sure. He didn't. He takes that sack where Cross is kind of beat for a second, then recovers. Um, but listen, Gino Smith is who he is, right? He's, he ain't, he ain't Brett Favre. You know, he, he, he ain't Russell Wilson. He ain't Dan Marino. Um, he's not Josh Allen. He's, he's, he's Gino Smith. If you know his name from 10 years or more ago, he's not him. Yeah. Right. Right. So we've got to give him good protection and catch the ball. And um, I'm pretty confident we can. Okay. And I obviously know why nobody mentioned linebacker inside because we already know Russ isn't throwing there anyway. So we're not, we're not concerned about, we're not concerned about Brooks and Barton letting us down in the passing game. That would be one of the most, that would be one of the more infuriating things, right? If like the heat map is all just glowing predator red in the middle of the field, that would be infuriating. It would also be a little infuriating if the the guys up up the middle on the defense, if we can't stop the run up the middle. That would be lame because we should be good there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Last question. This is more of a fun one. This is kind of, if you're right, it's where you pick the one in a thousand, one in a million, and you can brag on next week's what if, if that turns out. But nice. uh, this last one has to do with the Let's Ride curse. I think we start with Clinton on this one. What if the Let's Ride curse does really show up like noticeably in this game? Hopefully the okay. stadium, our stadium isn't on fire. Maybe there's a blight on fire. Nobody's there. I don't mind a safe situation like that. But what if the Let's Ride curse shows up in this game? What crazy moments... What crazy moments, Clinton, do you think are a possibility? You know, the odds of us entering that multiverse of exactly what you're going to say, we recognize that they're, that they're slim, but this is your chance to get big time bragging rights. So what do you got for us, Clinton? Yeah, man, this is a, this is, you know, a risk, risk a little to win a lot, right? Type territory. So why not? Right. Let, let it hang out. Um, now, something that I think would be a little bit ironic, which might be coincidence is throughout the years, we've discussed like Seattle you know, time and time again, kind of having bad fumble luck. You know, we cause fumbles, don't recover them. 
Uh, and, and then, you know, we have chances to recover fumbles, but our dude, it's off their thumbs and it's, it's in somebody else's pocket. Like, how the heck did we not come up with that ball? So I want to see the exact antithesis of a supremely lucky, lucky, lucky fumble luck luckiness where it's like it should have been recovered two or three times it's squirting out it's popping back and forth you know that there's flags down you don't know what those are for just yet just chaos 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 and there's a big rugby scrum and and lo and behold you know all uh, excuse me excuse me captain old thigh arms emerges yes. from the depths there with the is. pigskin Seahawks ball on this outrageous fumble play that gets, you know, shown throughout the entire year. So exceptional fumble luck will prove to me that the let's ride curse showed up at Lumen field. I love it. Like opening drive against the whiners in the NFC championship game oh, yeah. goes back and smacked it out of there. Yeah. Brandon, I get the feeling you love this kind of question. You, you like these, uh, Maybe you're scared of it or I just, but I don't think so. I feel like you've got something fun for us. This is going to be proof. The let's ride curse is rolling. What do you got for us, Brandon? You already stole my thunder with go, with hearkening back to that NFC Championship game moment no way. with Russell, I with Russell Wilson. <laughs> I guess the same one. I can't I, believe that. Well, look, there's the thing is there have been moments. <laughs> In big games where it's not just then. I, I know that there's been moments where early on Russ has put himself into a hole and forced himself to to try and dig out of it. And that's just the Russ curse, though. That's not even that's pre-less ride, that, right? That, I mean, he just pre himself in the first quarter. Right, right. But so it starts off in the first quarter, the first drive of the Broncos game. He he doesn't see Jamal Adams coming off the edge. And yes. Jamal just swats his hand, the, and the ball just, you know, is on the ground. Miles Adams is there to pick it up nice. and take it into the end zone. And so it puts Russ into that early hole to where new best friend of the show, Miles new Adams. Best new friend best of the show. friend to the show. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, and so it's you have the karma from or the hakra from uh Miles being on the show going in to the game yes. against the Broncos. And then and then the Seahawks, you know, it's back and forth throughout the game, but then it goes, it goes into the fourth quarter. The Seahawks are up, you know, 24, 21. And, you know, you hear Joe Buck say, and this Russell Wilson guy, let me tell you about all these fourth quarter comebacks that he has in his pocket. <laughs> Russell Wilson it. drops back, throws it over the middle. Quandre Diggs is there to intercept it and take it into the end zone to seal the victory for the Seahawks. I love it. Let's ride. This curse. is perfect. Can we just enjoy this game? Can we just bypass Monday and just have this game happen, Brandon? Seahawks like win 31 21. Yeah, wow. So you're already on the because prediction time is next. What if we predict what will happen in this version of the multiverse? Gentlemen, may I have your score sheets, please? Your expectation, your prediction. We just heard Brandon. Is that your official one or is that your less ride curse score? 31 21 Seahawks. Yes. How about you, Clinton? What do you got? Wow, I, I, that's that Brandon going with, with the, the big the big boldness there. Gotta love that. All right, um, you know, I want I'm I'm an optimist, fellas. We know this, and there just ain't no way in heck. There ain't no way in heck that I'm picking our Seattle Seahawks to lose. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. So, lest you be hey, cursed on the "What if they're cursed" episode, Clinton. Correct. Good choice. Twenty one, twenty. 
Seattle Seahawks come out victorious late, you know, late drive. I don't care which way it happens to be honest. I don't care. Oh, I care. The clock. I I don't, (laughs) I I can care less. The clock, the clock strikes, you know, quadruple zero, 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 colon, zero, zero in the fourth quarter, 21, 20. There's the hugs and emotions and all, and all that jazz. And, and it's, and it's, and we come out somehow, some way, I, hopefully it's a very Pete Carroll-esque kind of way, right? We are running the ball. We are taking, we are taking their energy away and adding it to our side of the column. And somehow, some way the Seahawks will, will this victory for their head coach and for the side of this divide. Cause that's what this has become. I'm glad that we could live in fantasy land for for just a while because I, yes. I'm feeling yes. I'm feeling I don't know 21 16 Broncos win but the Seahawks cover and so we kind of feel good about it because they kept it within five. We're gonna avoid that realm in the multiverse. Come on though, Clinton, I, I gotta I gotta ask you. Yeah, sure. You said you don't care how it happens, but isn't part of you more hopeful that it's a Russell Wilson failure in the end of the game? That leads to victory. Isn't just if you had if you got to choose, hmm. Gino uh, or the kicker wins it, or Russell gets sacked or picked or no, or you know what? So I mean, if it's like sacked and it's like we make the play, yeah, I'm into that all day long. Like we we okay. cause we cause the positive for us. Sure, um, I'd rather as a Seahawks fan, I'd rather see Gino make make the clutch thirty okay. yard throw, throw to lock it that sets up a game winner. You know, as as time expires, because we got to go then play sixteen other games. And, you know, let's go, Gino. It's Gino season, baby. Quarterback one. If I could have one wish for my birthday, it's Jamal Adams sacking Russ to end the game. If I could have one Ooh, wish. That's <laughs> nice. It is. It is. We've talked. We've talked previously. It is nice to end the game at a defensive stop. No doubt. Yes, that is. is. That is a beautiful way at home. Phil, Phil, I'm with you. I changed my mind. Okay, for the first time in my life, the Super Bowl is going to be played during the first Monday night game. It's never happened in my life that the Super Bowl was on Monday night of the first Monday night of the season. So, gentlemen, what if we say, go Hawks? Go Hawks! Go Go Hawks. Hawks!